A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone feel freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday, which means I have a friend on and I have a lovely friend from across the country, Natasha Winter. Natasha is a yogi. She's a personal trainer. She also is Pilates certified. She has a lot of things under her belt, but most importantly, she's an enthusiastic, um, just creature of movement, a lovely woman, a mom, and so much more. Welcome, Natasha. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining. So we got to know each other. I'll just let everybody know. We got to know each other from Instagram, which is, a great, again, this great community. Want to embrace it as that. And I think I was following you. I mean, I remember I started following you when you were pregnant with your son. So Reese is how old now? Like He is four and a half. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so it had been five and a half years ago. And I was like, who is this woman? handstanding, doing everything with this like baby belly. And I was so impressed. And then, you know, you had him and like, we're popping back into shape and all of that. How did people respond? First of all, you doing, uh, doing that kind of (laughs) yoga. I mean, it was really like hardcore right up until the pregnancy. Yeah. Well, with my first pregnancy, my doctor actually said like, don't go upside down. And I listened to her and I was bummed out, but I wasn't as into the whole handstand thing at that point, but I was doing anti-gravity, the hammock, you Mm -hmm. know, the silks. And I was kind of bummed, but I listened to my doctor. Um, And then the second time around, I was back in California. First pregnancy was in New York. I don't know why that doctor was so conservative, but yeah. So second one, she was like, yeah, do whatever you've been doing. It's you're fine. So I went the whole time I was doing handstands the day I gave birth, I was doing deep backbends. Actually, backbends felt the best they ever had in pregnancy for me. You know, some people don't like it. 
But yeah, I did get some negative feedback. Some people were like, you're going to kill your baby and you shouldn't do that. And, you know, this app. But most people were pretty supportive. And I feel like it was really a good time to get it out there because people, even when I was pregnant again with the first one, I would Google all this stuff. Like, is it okay? I was teaching urban rebounding and I was like, is it okay to jump? And everything said no. And I just decided with that one to go with how I felt. And I was rebounding and jumping on the trampoline till the very end. And this time I was doing the yoga and the handstands and um, I felt great, you know. And how do how is the recovery for those two different pregnancies, one with the rebound and one with just no holds bar on anything? Yeah, I think they were actually pretty similar because I stayed so active throughout both. With the first one, I was very into like doing kettlebells and and I, I've always cross-trained. I started teaching when I was like 20 years ago and I've always done everything. Like I started with the step and the cardio kickboxing. And then, you know, when you're doing that for a lot of years, you kind of need the yoga and Pilates to balance you out. That's like, why I love you because I'm the same way. I'm like, and I think I was automatically drawn to that because I saw that you're practice was a blend of so many things. And I also started off way long ago teaching step and hip hop and high impact aerobics. And I just, um, there's a lot of value in all of it. I think moving in a variety of ways is really the key. And, and, you know, we're both not 20 years old anymore. And I think we can be great examples for how to have sustainable movement practices that can be quite challenging and vigorous and move in a variety of ways. I mean, I didn't learn how to handstand until I was 35. And it's so, yeah, it's so fun. So anyway, that's how I first saw you. And I just was just really blown away. And you just have such a great presence on Instagram. How did you first get on Instagram and, and, and kind of spread your, cause you have quite a number of followers now and how has that worked for you and helped you? And so January, 2014, my daughter was almost two. I saw some random girl that I followed post some yoga pictures. And I think I commented, like I used to do that stuff. I used to do, I grew up doing acrobatics. So the inversions came pretty naturally, but I, you know, had to build a whole set of strength to be able to press and land into our balances and all that. But anyway, so she encouraged me to try a uh, challenge. I didn't know what that meant. I feel like it was probably a yoga, uh, what's beach, um, Carrie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Beach yoga girl or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it was either Carrie or like Laura, one of those original um, posts. Uh, I know very early on I was taking doing um, those Irene would do handstand challenges. So I just did my first one and I was hooked. So I started practicing every single day and I, you know, you just have that fire and I just wanted to get, I realized I've been working out so hard and I had the strength, but my back was like so stiff, even though I would teach classes and we'd stretch a little bit, but it would be like, you know, a couple of minutes at the end. Um, my hamstrings were okay, but my back bends were, oh my God, like I, I would look like I was doing a scorpion. I mean, I would feel like I was doing a scorpion and it looked like, you know, like that. Oh, and so, so so you started practicing yoga because of Instagram. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. That's awesome. No, no, no. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah. But in a, in a gym setting. So it was, you know, the warriors, the flowing, it was maybe a crow, 
probably not even like maybe I threw in how to do a, a prep for a headstand or a pro, but it was, it was not, it was, I had an older population too. And people weren't doing that. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that whole world existed, even though I had been teaching yoga and, um, for quite a bit of year, you know, yeah. a bunch of years at that point, but it was, it was just on a whole other level. And I think that Instagram really is what opened up that world for so many of us mm-hmm. seeing what was possible and seeing Kino and, you know, all these people. I never, I even did, you know, some acrobatics. I'd never seen a handstand press or maybe I never paid attention to it. So once I started seeing all this, I was just like, I'm going to do that. And I made sure that I did it. (laughs) That's amazing because um, there's so, you know, there's always like backlash to everything. And, you know, some people are really critical of learning from Instagram and how that's just like a snapshot of, a yoga practice. And, but I, I feel like I'd rather look at all the positives it can bring, like giving exposure to something that you might not feel like you would other lives know about, or there's so, I think once you, I think all of us probably have our social media moments where we feel like this is feel just ambivalent about it. But for the most part, it is such a wonderful way to, to literally make friends and have community and educate and share ideas. Yeah motivation. I mean, that's really what's kept me going. And, you know, there's definitely times when now it's at this point, it's been about five years. And I'm like, I kind of feel like I've gotten to the level where I've done mostly most of what my body's capable of. And it's like, unless I'm doing two hours a day, I'm not going to grow that much from this point. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of black a little bit, but I always want to be able to press and, you know, do the fun things. It's so fun. And now incorporating you know, jumping upside down, even in my fitness classes, because people are loving that stuff. And it's so good for you. So good for you. And I feel like it really breaks the barriers and the mindset, the rigid mindset that so many people have, oh, I'll never be able to do this. And then once they're like, oh, even giving a little, little, little bit of flight, all of a sudden they're just like, you can see this veil lift of like, possibility. And and it's also fun, right? Yeah. I mean, your kids do it. Like our, my kids do it. Like, it's like, why did we stop, you know, having that kind of fun? I didn't stop doing that. I Mm -hmm. wish I had those here. I should have been like, even this, just this basic stretching. It's so important to keep your spine that mobile. I mean, I thought I was doing a good job of it, but I could have been doing so much more. And then when you have that gap, it's way harder to, you know, after 10, 15 years of not stretching like that, yeah. it definitely gives good disadvantage, but it's never too late to start at the same time. Not at all. So so what does your daily routine um, look like? I mean, I know you have two young kids, you're managing the household and how, and you have these two new kittens <laughs> that are so cute. Yeah. Baby kittens, two kids. Yeah, they're uh, four and seven. So this is actually the first time in um, since I've become a parent that I have both kids out of the house for a few hours. So that's why I started my YouTube channel. I do teach classes at some local, like a YMCA and a rock climbing gym. But this is the first time I have a little bit of free time on my hands since having children. So I started my YouTube channel and I offer a ton of uh, hit, hit yoga, hit with every prop you can think of. I just posted a couch one today. So using your couch, using socks, using the wall. It's been so fun. That's I mean, awesome. At this point, yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun. I'm like, is it, is it going to pay off? Is it worth just filming these and, you know, putting all this effort into it? But the goal 
maybe I'll be able to build over there and uh, YouTube pays. And it's kind of really nice to just be able to offer free classes for my followers and you know the people out there. So I'm trying to build it that way instead of doing like subscription and having people pay. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. Doing, do, I do a little bit of both. And I, I do know there's so many people out there that for a variety of reasons feel like they can't afford paying more online for something. And so getting really good quality for free is awesome. And so people could find you on YouTube. What is it? Not What is it called? Uh, so I have Natasha, it says fitness yoga Pilates. You could do Natasha's winter. You could Google that or in the, you know, YouTube box and you'll find me that way too. That's great. So, and so, um, yeah. And what were you saying? Oh, and, and then Instagram, my name, Natasha Swinter. You could just tap the link in my bio too to get there. Perfect. So if someone were to ask you, like, what are, you know, like, what is, what is your kind of prescription for feeling the best? What would you say? Like if they had 20, 30 minutes a day, like what is your, what, what is your go-to? Yeah, definitely cross training, you know, mixing it all up for sure is, I mean, everyone asks, like, how did you build the strength to do these handstands? And it's because I don't only do yoga. I do, I use weights. I love kettlebells. I do love body weight exercises just as much, but I love to throw in props. So mixing it up, um, I'm really addicted to the hit, cut, hit style of training because you can just get it 10, 20 minutes. You can be like dripping sweat, getting the best workout and feeling so good after. And so, um, you know, you, even if you feel really unmotivated, you usually just get this burst of like, I did something so hard. Just like when you learn handstands, it's like that same feeling of accomplishment and that you can do hard things. Yeah. So I really, that style and just, yeah, I would say hitting things hard, but you don't need, you don't need an hour two hours, you know, even if you have 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, you can make such a huge impact in your health, in your body, in your mind. It's amazing. So. It doesn't take long. And people, unfortunately, or whatever, it's just the way it is. Most people don't give themselves an hour. And so breaking it up or just take, you know, having, because often if you do 15 minutes, you're already feeling transformed and you might do an extra yeah. five or 15 minutes, whatever. But yeah, just get moving. Yeah, just start. Mm -hmm. Just start. Yeah. Have you always say, been, this. yeah. Have you always been into fitness? Like, well, I mean, I know you said you've been teaching for 20 years. Was that like, as you were, ac you were into acrobatics as a kid? I did the whole jazz, tap, ballet, acrobatics growing up. And then, um, I was on the high school drill team, which was their dance team. And then I joined a gym when I was 17. I started at a YMCA and I just became addicted. I just love movement and fitness like yourself. So I was going, I was, I don't know if this is a good thing, but I was 17 and I would go take, go to the gym six, seven days a week and take classes. I just loved the classes. I got really into this, into step and the high low. And remember they had those slides. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm oh my gosh. Oh, that is so funny. You put the little socks. On. I love those. This, I knew they were probably have a short shelf life because there was only so much you could do, but boy, was that fun. And like doing like a, um, like a mix up, like different drills, like step and then slide. Oh God, that was so fun. Dude. Hi, Hi kitten. Oh my gosh. So gorgeous. 
I love cats. Oh my gosh. I know. So let's talk about you. Okay. So you just got back from a year away. You went for Uh, your husband's uh, one year grad school. And when you were away, you like some major stuff happened. Can you talk a little bit about this last year? And yeah, so we very spur of the moment, my husband got into Cornell and we basically picked, he picked up and moved in a couple weeks. And then I, my daughter finished kindergarten. We stayed an extra month. I had to pack up, rent out the house and we took off to Ithaca, New York. It was an amazing year and I loved being there, but I had a, yeah, a really huge shock health-wise. Never in a million years would have imagined. Honestly, I never thought cancer, never even thought of cancer in my life. None of my family on either side has had cancer. And I had felt a little, I was actually still nursing my son. So he was three. I was still going strong uh, or getting towards three and a half. And I felt a little lump and I didn't think much of it, but my husband's like, very he is the war he says he's the warrior and I'm the warrior so he's always worried about everything he wants us to you know if anything's wrong like call the doctor he kept bugging me and I was like I didn't want to set up a uh, find a doctor over there I was only going to be there for a year I wasn't even set on you know making any appointments so he kept bugging me every day and I um, decided okay I'll look up gynecologist get a checkup he felt the lump. He was not concerned. He was like, it's mobile. It doesn't feel like anything. Um, you're still nursing. You're only 42, but you know, let's sign you up, get your first mammogram and ultrasound and we'll see what it is. Uh, so did that actually like a month and a half later. Cause I was just not, no one seemed that concerned about it. So everything kind of took a while and then it moved pretty quickly. The, they, they, the guy saw the ultrasound and was like, you know, it's a little bit rigid. Let's have you come back and do a biopsy. So I came back and did the biopsy. And then the very next day, this guy, the doctor, um, the great, uh, I don't even know what you call it. The guy that does the biopsies basically called me on a Friday afternoon. I have the conversation. Like I could see it was under a minute and just says, yes, you have cancer. And that's pretty much all he told me. Like he didn't tell me, I guess you can't stage it until you, you know, after it comes out. But just to hear that was so shocking, <laughs> like no information. Um, just basically we went to town Googling everything and it was terrifying and I had no idea what, what it was. I have some doctors in my family. So I was sending them. I actually, I called over, I called back and went to pick up the biopsy because he didn't tell me anything. Um, and then I was call- talking to my cousins and telling them and they were like, okay, it seems very early staged. You know, I wouldn't, you know, don't freak out basically. So after that first initial shock and weekend of hearing of cancer, ever since I, then I went to the appointment to like go into details. And after that, it was just such relief to know it was most likely stage one and it was caught really early. And honestly, after that, all I felt was just like, okay, this is, I can handle this. It's not really, you know, it could have been so much worse. And I just felt really confident. And when you have stage one at this, you know, at this time in life, it's just, I mean, it's pretty easy to get the lumpectomy. I did radiation. 
So I did four and a half weeks of radiation. I had just the lump removed. And now I'm on a hormone blocker. So mm-hmm. every day for five years, I'll be taking tamoxifen. And um, is that but blocking, have, is that an estrogen blocker? Is that, was what kind of, did they find out what kind of cancer it was? Obviously it was an estrogen. Yeah, so it was luckily, you know, stage one, it was a non-aggressive type. It's hormone responsive. So if I take this blocker, it, it, I think my chances of recurrence and my, there's so much detail in it. I have, there's a, this thing called an onco score, an onco type score. And that was a six, which is very, very low. So that my chances of reoccurrence were low. And then when you take this drug, I think it's like 1% chance. Like I'm, wow, things should go really well, but at the same time, I never expected this, to get it. Right. I had I mean, it's really scary right now. People are getting cancer younger and younger. This kind that I had is more uh, found in like 55, 50 older, but people are, women are getting it younger um, more often with no family history. It's very, it's actually a small percentage that, you know, it comes from family. I don't remember the the number, but, um, and like we were talking earlier, one in four women will get breast cancer. And it's, it's scary. It is really scary. And I think it it is true that there's got like, there's something more to it. You know, it's, it's kind of like the rise of autism is there's got to be something to our environment, the toxins we're exposed to, no matter how you're eating or breathing, uh, there's so much passive toxic exposure that we're not even aware of. We just have to accept it. Mm I mean, there's something going on, which I didn't even mention my mom actually had the same type of cancer, found out one month before me. And again, there was no family history. I did the blood uh, test to see if it had anything to do with hereditary and it, I was negative for that gene. So how did we both get this at the same time? Wow. That's, I know, it, that's kind of crazy. And you could really go down a rabbit hole of like examining your I life know. and everything. But it sounds like you've had, I'm I mean, more, yeah, oh, go ahead. I've been vegetarian since I was in high school. I've exercised, you know, I've done everything the right way. Mm. Granted, I did a lot in my 20s, I have to say. You did what a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, but that's, uh, it's, I, it's, it's something more, you know, there's definitely something more, whether it's air, air or the soil, or there's just, we're just exposed to a lot more that we don't even know about. And I think, coming forward, we're going to learn so much, but I think your attitude, I think is such a great one to model because you didn't go down. It sounds like you didn't go down this fear, anxiety hole that um, can happen when you're given a diagnosis, but instead like reframes it to being like, I'm so grateful I found out about this and that it is fixable, you know? I just felt so much relief and um, that, you know, you hear these stories, like people die every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you catch things early enough, which is why, please, anybody listening, check your breasts. I mean, I just felt it. I felt this mm-hmm. little tiny little lump and it's, you know, check yourself. It's so important. You can catch it early. And it's, I mean, it's weird to say, like, it's not that big of a deal, but it didn't really affect my life in any, you know, like it, it wasn't, if anything, it's really great that I can come out of this and, and help other people. Mm-hmm. And I was able to 
traumatized the whole time through radiation. Radiation sounds like such a scary thing. You go in there and it's like two, a few minutes a day and you don't feel a thing. Wow. Um, yeah. That I is really lucky. Wow. That's very, because I've heard of other yeah. forms like chemotherapy obviously is different than radiation. That's just really like basically almost kills you to, to help you live. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did your, did you were able, were you able to explain this? Your son was, sounds like he would only be three and a half, but I, were you able to explain it to your kids? I mean, so yeah, they know mommy had cancer and, and Nana had cancer, but they never saw me sick. Mm-hmm. So they don't really understand what it is, but they will talk about it. Like no big deal. Like, you know, they had cancer and they definitely know that people die of it and mm-hmm. they can't be serious, but they know that you know, it wasn't, they weren't never scared. So I think that's so important to talk openly with kids. They've actually, now they're showing more and more that the things that we feel like we shouldn't share with children. I mean, obviously there's a line, but, but that actually by not sharing it, there is, you know, it's kind of like sexuality too. There's a shame or there's a fear or there's something uh, that's dark. And you, when you expose it and you talk about it, then it's like, and, and sexuality should never be shamed. So we should be able to talk openly, but it's, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, my son, the craziest questions. He's always, he's fascinated by death and he will ask like, is the world going to end? And am I going to see, like we, uh, we had a cat that died and he asks if he's going to see him again when he dies. And he asks me all these like really great questions and we're really open about all that stuff. And, no, I think you know. it's so great. And yeah, you'll have like, it's different kids are different. Like my daughter was the same way. She asked all things like, what is it? What is it that we're here for? And it, she was like six years old. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Like a little philosopher. Yeah. It wasn't dark. It was like really curious. Like, what is this all about? I'm like, we're still figuring that out. (laughs) Um, Like, I don't know. We don't know what happens mm -hmm. after. Yeah. I think it's so important to be be open with the kids. And we're, um, you know, we try our best as parents. And, but one thing is to, to, to show them that we're people too, and that, um, we can be scared, but we can also talk openly about stuff. Yeah. How do you balance motherhood and what you're wanting to do with your career and handling, you know, yourself? Yeah, well, I have been fortunate. I did work full-time before um, kids. And after I had my daughter, I went back to work full-time. I was actually an associate director of fitness at a club. So I was always like the manager of all the group exercise. So I've always been in the same world into fitness. Um, and then I was fortunate enough at this point to, you know, get to stay at home and I just teach classes. So since having children, I've had to just find places that offer babysitting. So I'm at YMCA's, um, mostly, and that way I can just bring them. And in Ithaca, I was teaching at Cornell. It was actually my first time teaching at a yoga studio. I was doing hot yoga and bodies and it was amazing, but my whole life has mostly come from being inside a gym. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, just bringing them along. I had to bring them for everything to places that have babysitting. And then when they were around, I would, they would just see me work out. I would let them, you know, play, draw, even watch iPad, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I, whatever it takes so to I, get the mama moving. Yeah. If mom is happy, everybody else is happier. Right. Yeah. I think it's that important that you make time for yourself. I mean, it's, 
if you lose your identity in motherhood, how can you really be a good mother? You get burnt out. I mean, it's really important to carve out time for yourself, um, whatever that is, your passions. Um, I mean, obviously, I think fitness is up there, but you know, it might for someone else be just doing something artistic and you know taking that time out for yourself is so important it really is it really is we and women are um tend to be historically not so great about that it's like uh, give 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 care give and then um then they're really running running low on fuel and just a little bit of self-care is is a requirement and it and i think that's a very powerful message so what do you see for yourself in the next five to 10 years? Like, where do you want to go with? Um, yeah, so basically, I'm giving myself this year to see if this YouTube thing can grow and maybe get some money out of that. But I mean, my husband now he has his, you know, CPA and he has his MBA. So he's climbing his ladder. So I'm lucky enough to have this time to see where I can go. But if, if it feels really daunting and I'm kind of ready to pull out of, you know, doing all these classes, then I might go back to work next year because my son will be going to kindergarten. So I might oh, get back fun. into you know, doing yeah. do it. And, and that would be in fitness, some, like fitness management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably fitness, group fitness. I love being creative and scheduling all the classes and finding new talent and running auditions and helping other instructors become, you know, helping new instructors uh, learn how to teach and get better. So that's been my whole thing. And um, I've, I've always kind of kept my eyes open for if something did feel like a good fit. So that's definitely a possibility. But then it makes me a little sad to think, am I going to have to give up all the Instagram stuff? And <laughs> I think you could do it both. Yeah. Always it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll take a lunch break. Go record in the studio there. <laughs> yeah. You do a good job managing that. I love that. You're really, you, you share a lot of really, really fun stuff and things that are um, inspiring, but also um, informative for people. So I think it's so great because it's like very infectious. I can feel it. I love it. It's so fun to me. I mean, of course there's been little moments where I'm like, okay, do I have to post today? But for the most part, I've never been one of those people that needs, I've never taken a break. I worked out through the whole pregnancy, like you said. And then within, I think that same week I was back to filming, I felt good. So I was already doing stuff like within that week of giving birth. People are always asking you questions about that. And I'm like, I mean, you can't do what I did um, unless that feels good for you. You just have to learn how to listen to your body. I think everyone wants to be told what to do and how to do it. But you need to tune in and see what works for you because sometimes you're very cautious and that can be okay. But sometimes you can push yourself, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of hard work and, you know, feeling it out, pushing, starting slow and then going for it. I'm all about working hard. I want people to get past, push past their limits and I'm the same you know, know what they're capable I know. Yeah. Sweat and all that sweat. That sweat that we love so much. Get sweaty. (laughs) Get sweaty. I love that. We'll have to do another uh, fun thing together. But um, in the meantime, people can find you on your YouTube. I've taken a few of those and they are kick-ass and but so efficient like i love that like you said i'll Thank sometimes you. i'll do it late in the afternoon and what i would recommend to people is do it exactly when you don't feel like doing it because like when you're kind of starting to have that slump of energy 
and just do it because I like did one of yours. I think it was like last week and I just felt like so amazing. It just totally gave me this like new, you know, wave of energy. I uh, loved it. Yeah. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Cause it's, it's intimidating to put your stuff out there. I mean, everyone's going to judge you and mm-hmm. I, to be honest, scared to put a yoga class on there because I just don't want to, you know, it's just, it's hard to teach for, for the drills. It's so easy for me, you know, write the drills and do it. Yeah. But when you're doing a yoga, I take the feedback of my class and, you know, cue that way. So it was really weird to sit in my house with no one just talking through a yoga class. So I'm going to get, I'm going to do more of them. Do more. It'll get um, less weird. Was- I know. Now, having, having done hundreds of these, I can tell you, it, yeah, it'll get very like, yeah, it's just a matter of practicing it and doing it. And then all of a sudden yeah. it's not as weird, but people would love yeah. it and they need it. And you are such a great inspiration for everybody. So keep at it. And thank you for joining me today. You can find thank Natasha so Winter at her Instagram. Yeah. Your first podcast. You did wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Well, so everybody check out Natasha Winter. If you don't know her already, find her on Instagram and then um, Google her to find her YouTube channel, which is growing and offers a lot of awesome hit exercises and now some yoga stuff. So thank you for joining us. And as always, pulling for all of you. 